Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me as usual. Leland, let's start local. Let's start the Valley Baseball League. Both teams in our area are alive in the Route 250 series to determine the South champion. It's Stanton and it's Waynesboro. Battle for Fishersville. Whoever whoever wins the series gets to keep Fishersville. Okay. (laughs) I'm yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, Stanton <laughs> got there. Stanton got there by sweeping Harrisonburg two nil uh, in games where like their power was on display. Uh, Harrisonburg also just ran out of pitching. Valley League at times is a war of attrition, and Harrisonburg ran out of arms. Uh, it was five home runs in game number one at Stanton for the Braves. Luke Trainer hit two of them, and then in game number two it was Holika and McCarty that hit home runs. So that was that was big for Stanton. They got out to an early four nothing lead, and then they held on to it. Salada pitched that game. He went six innings, only gave up one hit. So that was pretty good. They were supposed to start tonight, but uh, were able to record tonight because they did not. Uh, rain came through on Monday, so that's not midnight right now. Which is yeah, nice. which is good. So, uh, but <laughs> I just them winning them winning the four out of five games in those last five games all against Harrisburg. I just. So happy about that. Like, they just won when they had to. I, I understand the point of Harrisonburg running out of arms. Everybody's in the same position. Everybody's pulling from the same pool of players. They're all college players. You get, you recruit guys to get them to come to you. Some stay, some don't. So, I, I'm i okay. I, I will still take pride in this. You know, it, it, Harrisonburg didn't get cheated out of something. It's just this is... The attrition affected them differently than Stanton. So, Stanton won. I like it. I want to beat Waynesboro. Charlottesville's out of the way. We'll probably get a pretty tough team out of the north, but we're going to beat them too. That's the plan. That's the new plan. That's fine. I mean, it's it's a little different. Harrisonburg's lost more people than Stanton has. Stanton hasn't lost nearly as I many people. I said attrition affected them different. Theirs had more. Yeah. Um, Waynesboro, they beat Charlottesville. They kind of upset the Tom Sox there, sweeping them. So that's why Waynesboro is in. Uh, They're playing Stanton. They had a comeback late in game number two to beat Charlottesville in Waynesboro. So those two will play a best of three. Stanton is the two seed. Waynesboro is the four seed in the south. And then up north, they're still in the first round. I know Winchester and Woodstock, I believe, are actually playing. Uh, the other game of Strasburg and Newmarket got rained out. Strasburg was up one nothing. Um, well, I don't know if they're playing in Winchester or not. I didn't see anything saying they were Newmarket. postponed, but I don't see anything on the – yeah, they, they don't have the score updated. So they might have been rained out too. But anyway, the North's still in the first round. Winchester's playing Woodstock. Strasburg's playing Newmarket. And so Stanton and Waynesboro, if they can sweep, whoever wins that series, if they sweep, they'll have some days off. Yeah, and that could be useful, and hopefully you don't lose anybody during those days off. Hopefully that's not viewed as as days wasted, you know, where you're not playing and and they have to get out of here or choose to get out of here. Or, you know, some of the kids might just have deadline. Like, I gotta be out August whatever. You know, they're expecting me back at school for whatever. And, and that's that's their priority is is that college season and college preparation and what those coaches do for them. So 
I hopefully we can just hold on to enough of our good guys to keep playing and, and keep going, but we'll see what we get. I, you know, I have increased uh, optimism and that's nice. You know, I was hoping just to make it through the first round. We've done that. So now, you know, the natural thing is what sky's the limit, right? Not, not have a tempered uh, expectation. Go ahead and, you know, mountaintop it. Yeah, I will say uh, Charlottesville was the team (laughs) I was worried about them facing and they don't have to face Charlottesville now. So, Waynesboro does have a good coach in Zach Cole. He's won a Valley Baseball League championship in Newmarket before. So he has pedigree and experience in the postseason in the Valley League. And in my days of going to Stanton Braves games, Waynesboro was the big rival. I know, you know, Charlottesville's gotten thrown in there, and I root against them now too. I like this Waynesboro-Stanton-South uh, final. I like it. Like Even though it has Waynesboro at a good spot, it's better than having Charlottesville there. So we'll take it. I like it for you. I like that you – only have to travel like a certain radius for this championship series for the South. So uh, I like that. Yeah. I think both teams will like it too, because it means both fan bases will be willing to go to the other games. So yeah, that's, that's helpful for them as well. But moving on the other big topic in sports this week, obviously is conference realignments in college football with Texas and Oklahoma. They're looking to go to the sec at the end of their or well, that's the rumor that they're going to the SEC at the end of their Big 12 media rights deal, which is 2025, I believe. And yeah. so they're strongly linked to the SEC. The Big Ten and ACC also apparently have flyers out there seeing if they're interested in joining their conferences. But I'd say the SEC is probably the favorite because that seems to be where the most smoke is. Yeah, and, and that and the thing with Oklahoma and Texas, right now they've done all the familiar symptoms of leaving the Big Big 12. They've said we, we're not going to renew our, media, our, our side of the media rights as individual schools, but we intend to follow them through. That doesn't mean they'll necessarily go to the end because we've seen other schools bolt and not follow it through to the end because t- there's, a, there's a spot where the money balances and you can go ahead and pay that exit fee and get out. Um, for those biggest schools that mean that much to their conference, it's, it all just comes down to contracts. And that's what all of this is going to be about is what is contracted previously. What are the punishments? What are the gains? And all that is based on money. So all of this world resolves, revolves around money and college football is an exclamation point of that world. So I, the, what amazes me, and I keep coming back to this with your and I conversation, because obviously we've been talking about this for a week one-on-one without the podcast recording is Oklahoma and Texas moving is just so major. Like I, I, when that, when that news broke, I couldn't, I, not that I couldn't believe it because we've, we've heard Texas flirt. I mean, they flirted with the ACC like eight years ago. Um, we we've heard about, you know, rumors here and there about those teams being interested, but those two kind of teaming up being lockstep and what they want to do it's just so it's the biggest two schools to go in conference realignment. We haven't seen something of this magnitude for this is two national brands looking to be on the move. And that's just crazy. And, and you that's reinforced with how much craziness you see off of this. Just the fact that those two schools say that all of a sudden every school in America has something to say about it and what should happen and where people are going and what school I want in our conference and what school I don't want. In our con- it's just, it's driving the conversation because it is two of the biggest stones out there that could possibly move. And yeah, I, I was trying to come up with bigger schools that can move 
Notre Dame isn't one of them just because they already have an agreement. If they join a conference, it has to be the ACC because they are partially already part of the ACC. So then you look at like if the SEC would lose any of the big dogs, which they will not. Everybody's going wants to go to the SEC. Then you're looking at like Big Ten and and uh, Ohio State, and Michigan kind of names. Like that's the major kind of name, national brands, teams that have been around a long time or won multiple national championships. That's what it takes, and that's what we have here. And and it's just. It's a crazy time. At some point down the road, our kids will ask us about all this realignment that we've seen in our prime sports watching years. And this will be kind of the peak of it because this is what's going to really set the tone for the next 30 years. Yeah. You know, when I agreed with you when we had that conversation the uh, over the phone today and, you know, thinking back the first big conference realignment that I can remember is Virginia Tech and Miami going to the ACC with Boston College following a year later. Um, Virginia Tech and Miami were pretty big deals on the national stage when that yeah. move happened. They uh, Virginia in Tech had been to a national championship. They'd won a Sugar Bowl um, in the last 10 years before that move. Miami had won multiple national championships. Uh, in fact, like that move and the reason the divisions are the way they are is because the ACC envisioned Miami versus Florida State every year in the ACC championship. And of course, they've never had that matchup, I don't think. Um, but Miami's only been there once. And Virginia Tech, I think, went, won, went and won the conference, you know, the first three years they were in it. Yeah, something like, like that. The first three or four years, a lot, a lot those first first few years. And we were great. And we, we really came in with a bang and, and dominated the conference, which was, which was great. We went to the sugar bowl first year in the ACC. Mm-hmm. We beat Miami. We, we beat Miami for the ACC title, which must've made all those North Carolina schools feel good about themselves. And then we went and played Auburn in the sugar bowl. I mean, that, that was just coming in with a bang. Yeah. So I'd say in terms of like success, that was a bigger deal, but in terms of brand, you're right. Oklahoma and Texas are bigger brands than Virginia Tech and bigger brands than Miami. Maybe Miami was as big of a brand at the time, but they're a bigger brand than Virginia Tech was. And and, and pairing them up, too. I mean, yeah. you're taking, you're probably comparing the Miami brand to Texas or Oklahoma to have two in that level together. Mm-hmm. We weren't that. I, as much as I have Virginia Tech, as much as that meant to us and how excited we were for that, we're, we are not that brand. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, too, have more historical value than Miami. Miami got good in the 80s. Like, Texas and Oklahoma have history back in the 50s and 60s, probably before then, too. Like, yeah, I mean, but that doesn't matter. 50s and of, 60s, who gives a bleep? I don't, I'm yeah, not here for your 50s born, and yeah. 60s. Go to, <laughs> go to hell. I'm not here for 50s and 60s. <laughs> Navy and Army were good in the 40s. Are we going to prop them up as some major power? Well, they haven't continued it. Oklahoma and Texas have have stayed yeah they've been well oklahoma and texas have been major contention because their name's oklahoma and texas not because they've accomplished anything texas won a championship with vince young in the last 20 years so texas Uh, in the last 20 years uh, yes vince young was after 2000 vince young yes oklahoma has won one in the last 20 years did landry jones win one I don't know who the quarterback was, but uh, what's his face was coach. I, I mean, a hundred percent. They, they won one. It was the year we, it was in 2004. It was when we were in the sugar bowl. I watched them win the national championship in new Orleans. Like I was sitting in, new I thought Orleans they lost to LSU that year. 
I don't think it was that year. Oklahoma has won one. I guarantee. I'm not arguing that. If we want to argue which year it was, that's fine. But Oklahoma has definitely won one, and they've been close a lot of times. And and it's just the last like five years where Oklahoma kind of blows a lot of steam and doesn't doesn't cash in. It's it over the last twenty years, both of those schools have won national championships. Their last one was in 2000. Uh, we're starting to border on irrelevancy. That's five classes. I mean, they've had a lot of... I mean, they finished in the top six last year. Like, they are... They're not good. The only reason they finished relevant. in the top six they're is because their name's Oklahoma. The last, but only the last stretch has it been where you're like, oh, they're you know underperforming. Like, they've continually been in the top ten mix won big bowl games against solid teams in the last 20 years. Like they are a very, you're not going to tell me Oklahoma is irrelevant. Like, I don't know what we're, I think Virginia tech has been irrelevant. So I'm going to say Oklahoma has been irrelevant. I don't think playing in a big game and getting your face kicked in means you're relevant. I think that means you're phony. When they played in the BCS championship in 2008, I mean, they're relevant. I don't. I mean, all they have is BCS games. Like they win that conference every year. Like, yeah, and I know the but what have I been saying? The last what have I been saying about the Big Twelve? Before that, no one was really saying the Big Twelve was terrible. It's a, the last five years. I'm not really arguing about that. But before that, no one's really saying that they were. They had to, you know, have one or two losses to win that conference. It's. It's. I don't know how we're arguing if Oklahoma's been relevant. Bob Stoops absolutely relevant when they've went in Sugar Bowls, went in Fiesta Bowls. Going to championship games, winning a championship game in 2000 is what you said. Um, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like they're relevant. I, I, if we're if we're arguing their relevancy, then there's only like eight even possible relevant team. Like this is a national brand all-time program who is still remains in the spotlight, who still picks up, has Heisman Trophy winners year after year, with multiple straight years with multiple with Heisman Trophy winners, like. Are we really arguing this? I just, I think they're overrated. Lately. I think if their name wasn't Oklahoma and you put them in the, uh, the American with this resume, you'd say they suck. So between 2000 and last year, which was a shortened season, which they still won nine games. I'm only seeing three seasons. They didn't win 10 plus games. Cause the big 12 sucks. Like, Texas sucks. I just can't. I guess I can't immediately go through and tell you all the teams that aren't in their conference that they beat. All these bowl victories, like, aren't all against Pittsburgh. Aren't all against. I mean, like, they have. I, 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 we're arguing. Relevancy. Who in the Big I mean, Twelve the has been worth a been damn? Last years is because they're losing Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl, Rose Bowl. They lost those games, but like. They were still winning a bunch of games together. They're still very relevant in the landscape of football. That's why the SEC has the door open, Joe. If they weren't relevant, they wouldn't want them. No, it's money. That's because they're relevant. I <laughs> People don't want to watch irrelevant things. That's why no one wants to watch San Jose State in a playoff. <laughs> That's why SEC wants Oklahoma to play all their good teams all the time so they have people looking at it every year oklahoma is like, a glorified san jose state they suck they haven't done anything all right at least at least you've made something outrageous enough that we can move on from i mean this team this. oh wow they've won 10 games in the big 12 the next best team in the big 12 is texas 
who also sucks. And it's had like three coaching changes in the last Texas decade. Texas would be the one I'd be quicker to to argue. And still, they're one of the biggest brands in America. They're all around sports programs are great. I know that's not what the SEC wants them for, but like they have great facilities for like all their sports. They do great in a lot of sports. Football, they've just come up weak on some head coach hires, but there's no one that believes that they're not the right head coach away from being back to what they were not that long ago when they won a national championship with Mac Brown and Vince Young. And maybe Steve Sarkeesian sober will get that done. We don't know that he won't. Maybe, but let's let's pivot from that to the other conversation because there was an article that something that is actually arguable well there was an article that was in there uh on the athletic about you know conference realignment is killing the reason we love college sports and it's all because of money and then it tried to equate the european super league and the fans rose up against it and killed it because they love tradition and rivalries and the other local smaller teams fans didn't like it because Yes, of tradition, but it didn't have anything to do. His his core concept was off. And he was saying college football could be this. You know, it could the fans could stand up and it could be like that. It can't be like that. You know why? Because college football and the way European soccer is structured is not the same. In European soccer, you actually have to do good to earn your spot. You're not given a spot based on name reputation. So Ohio State can't go out and not win the Big Ten and still make the college football playoff like they did. That's not a and thing. That would, that's Chris Benini to give proper credit. Chris Benini yes. from the Athletic. I wanted to at least properly cite that. I, I agree with what you're the comparison to soccer. A, I'm just not as deep on the soccer. I understood everything we talked about when that got killed. So I and I I'm not hearing anything that makes me disagree with your point there. I think the front side of a statement comes from some truth that this realignment is is not welcomed by the fans, that it's not um, – I think it could, you know, erode some of the, you know, the solid basis that college football has on us. But I'm not so sure the path we're currently on in the current football playoff is, is already doing that to a degree because everybody's getting tired of Alabama-Clemson. I, I acknowledge that. The expanded playoff we've talked about in previous weeks I think was an effort to, to address that because of money. But then – it seems like the SEC is just on steroids here with here's a here's an idea that makes us happy. It makes us the most money and has us in control of more good teams or more potentially good teams, you know, irrelevant teams like Oklahoma. And um, I so like I think where he's coming from, I just don't I, I agree with the shift that he made in the comparison to soccer. I, I didn't like as much. I think what's cool about college football is you're very regionalized with your conferences and your fandoms. And in the South, it, it, it is a bigger deal than it is other places in the country. But I think some of that is also the fans following their teams and playing at that university that I'm somewhat familiar with. And my brother-in-law went there and then you got these, you got all these people connected by these universities and the football fandom goes into it. I, I think that's part of it. And so when you start pulling in teams from further away and it, it, especially if we carry this realignment out where you have Pac-12 teams with current Big Ten, Big 12 teams like Oklahoma State and Washington in the same conference, like you starting to spread that that feeling that we have from college sports right now. I don't I, I don't like the idea. I mean, any of this, I don't really love the idea of any of this realignment. There's certain versions of it I like better than others, but none of it is just, oh, I like that. 
I'd rather it stay as close to as what we got as possible as far as alignments evolved. Um, but yeah, the, the soccer thing, I'm not arguing. I think he did get off on that. I agree with you. I mean, he's dead wrong on it is what is the thing. And the other thing he said, you know, college sports, you know, it's about, you know, it needs to not be about money and blah, blah. Look, that's already out the bag. I don't know what to tell you if you think this isn't about money. If you think they expanded the playoff out of the kindness of their heart to the G5, you're dumb. You are dumber than dumb. They expanded they expanded the playoff because they saw money. That's what it's always been about. They knew the TV rights deal was getting ready to come up and they're like, "Hey, a yep. way to get more money." Every alignment has been every realignment has been about money. The ACC when Tech came in in Miami, they wanted that Florida team. Um I'm glad they put us in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could really explain to you why that was such a great move. Like maybe they should have added, you know, Syracuse at that time because that's the bigger media. Well, market. I'm sure what they sold. We'll take it now. I was going to say, I'm sure what they sold was DC and a heavy yeah, Virginia Tech alumni yeah. base there. And we are bigger in DC than, than UVA is. And um, there was some help with the current governor at the time that and UVA pulled, is president pulled UVA along yeah. and said, hey, make sure Virginia Tech gets in this. Miami came, Boston College came because of Boston. Syracuse was because yep. of New York yep. when they br- got brought in. And those are the important points when you look at how does the ACC kind of react to what the SEC is doing now. Everybody immediately goes to that next time. Well, we got to keep up with the SEC. Not a wrong thought at all. But who do we add? And everybody quickly goes to West Virginia. My immediate points there, and I've, I've said them on Twitter. If, if you're following us on Twitter, you've seen me say this. West Virginia really doesn't add any major media market. And we already have ACC networks in West Virginia. I, I mean, I saw people that say I mostly I want West Virginia more than anybody. Well, no, you got to have Notre Dame full member first. That's number one. Everything we say about the ACC, Joe and I, we, we skip past that because we've already it's known Notre Dame's got to be a full member. Number one, you give them what you just you do it. You get them in there because that as much as I don't like Notre Dame, as much as I think they think so much higher than themselves. Enough of it's true that of how high a brand they are and how much media. I mean, they they have their own NBC contract right now. That's I think they're they even phonier than Oklahoma, but yeah, they have yeah. a big national oh, brand. I, believe, I agree with that, but they're phony enough to have NBC paying a lot of money to show their games. That's the media, and then it's worth it to them. They keep doing it. They you know they're not stopping. They keep throwing production at it because people watch it, whether they want them to win or lose, they watch it. So encompassing that brand into the into the conference that you already have them in for every other sport make it happen um but the west virginia being that next team in i i just don't see business wise why the acc would be eager to do that maybe they do maybe it happens i just don't see why that would be the next step i would think a team like cincinnati that provides a major city look at nfl cities with universities playing at any kind of any kind of power level and not power five, but like uh, the AAC is the next best conference outside of the power five. There's Cincinnati sitting there. They've done good things. They're in a good place with their football program. They have plenty of good sports, but also you can't ignore the Florida schools. You can't ignore UCF, USF, those, those brands down there. Um, not that it would add media markets, but it Matt, it ties in more Florida schools. Well, All the ACC schools want to recruit Florida, and so that's another trip your team's going to make into Florida where you can say, see, we can play in front of your home family every other year, or if you're in that division, you know, in that division every other year. Like, you got to pay attention to that stuff, and I don't see where 
West Virginia is gaining you that. I mean, also Cincinnati gives you Ohio recruiting ground more so than you have now, which Ohio has great high school football. I mean, it's not Texas, it's not California, but it's up there. So, I mean, if you wanted Pennsylvania for that reason, you'll take Ohio for that reason. So I just would look there first. I'm not guaranteeing anything that like West Virginia won't be asked. Maybe they do, but I just don't see logically why that would be the ACC's first move after Notre Dame. I think West Virginia asks, but I think they get told no. I think they'll use the same reason they've been using, which is your academics aren't good enough. But really, it boils down to what you were talking about. There's no media market there. You gain nothing from adding a West Virginia other than, oh, they used to be rivals with Pitt, and they used to be rivals with Virginia Tech. That's the only... I would say the rivalry is still alive enough with Pitt to not necessarily say used to. I think Virginia Tech used to. It's not a current rivalry. But the proximity of Morgantown and, and Pitt, it, that would be immediately ignited, which is a proper use of word when talking about West Virginia and, and Pitt. But when you, when that's the only reason, they're not adding them. Because like you said, Cincinnati's no. a major media market. You said UCF and US, USF, you don't add anything. Orlando and Tampa are both bigger markets than Morgantown. Right. Texas. If there's any of those teams in Texas that are left in the Big 12, I think think they would go to them before they go to West Virginia. I think West Virginia is the team that is left without a chair when this musical chairs is done. I don't see a Power 5 conference or a Power 4 conference adding them. And I think the Big 12 probably dissolves. So I think West Virginia ends up going to the AAC or whatever. And that's they'll be the second time they're in a conference that dissolves. And they were in the Big East when like it it dissolved its football side of things. They were left holding the bag there. So that's it's easy to imagine it happening again to them, like here, because you know, Syracuse left, Boston College left, Pitt left, and, and there they were. And and that's the funny thing too, is if if we if they're making decisions based on rivalries, UConn would have came in the ACC when that flirtation happened. When everybody thought UConn was coming in, when they had a football program and it was making bowl games and stuff. Yeah, that would have happened then because they, if it's about rivalry, Syracuse and UConn already rivals in basketball, they would have formed it in football pretty quick. Um, but it's not about that. It's about money and it's not a national rivalry. Any of those, it's about, those are kids that go to school that care and that's it. Um, you know, yeah, that's yeah. why Oklahoma, Texas coming together. SEC is like, that's a real rivalry. That's a national rivalry. We're going to put the red river, Shootout, uh, rivalry, fight or whatever they call it now. <laughs> They're going to put that national TV that's on every single year on ABC. That's going to be within our conference now. Like that, that's great for them. Yeah, and again, again, it's nothing personal against West Virginia. You just you don't bring enough to the table, and that's why I also don't like them. I, I that's like why that. the Big Ten's not going <laughs> to offer you either. The Big Ten is not interested. No. They want like a Kansas. And that's the thing. I found like a graphic that kind of best showed um, OxVT had it out there, but I know it's probably made somewhere else. Um, yeah, it's made, it made it Reddit from Big 12 something. But it had kind of a 16 team, four 16 team conferences and kind of split the Big 12 up to the Big 10, the Pac 12, and the ACC, and then what's already talked about the SEC. And it's interesting. I'm not saying it's, it's, correct i'm not saying that's what i want to have happen but it's interesting to kind of look at how they does how someone put that to get together it has the little geographical map i'll retweet this this week um but it also set teams up in pods which i think as soon as you get 16 teams that's an interesting way to do it 
Um, the way I had heard today, an interesting way to handle that, you have a nine-game conference season, which is what they a lot of teams already have now or close to it. You play your three other teams in your quad. So every year you're playing for Virginia Tech, it would be Louisville, UVA, and Notre Dame. I don't, I don't love that quad, but okay. And then you play two from each other of the three quads that are out there. So then you're going to see every school in your conference within every two years. And within four years, every school in your conference is coming to your stadium. I like that. I like that's quick enough. And and it set it up for all the different conferences, Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, ACC. I kind of like that. So if we have to shift to this, everybody has 16-team conference, it's all got to be going across the board. I do. I don't mind that. I just wish it could kind of stay more towards what it is now. Yeah, and and here's the thing, right? Like I'm looking at, um, because I was looking. He has Iowa State as a team that gets added on the Big Ten, and I don't think that happens because I don't think that brings anything new to you. Um, and the Big Ten is also not going to do anything if there's not money involved. I think Iowa State doesn't bring you anything. Um. I think Cincinnati would be potentially an interest, but I think Ohio State would be really not plussed by that idea. I think I think Oklahoma State might be a that might be one they go after. I know that's in the Pac twelve for him, but if I'm Oklahoma State and you tell me, hey, do you want to play in the Big Ten or do you want to play in the Pac twelve? I'll go play in the Big Ten. Big Ten's gonna have more money. Yeah. Kansas State geographically is there, and it. But you, if you're already in Kansas, that doesn't that doesn't help. Yeah, Oklahoma. I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think, but they, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I think that graphic kind of helps you build from there. You know, this is what I disagree with. This is what I agree with. This is where I move this puzzle piece. And, but this is the I other thing you have to it. think about too when you're looking at these schools that are going to be added, right? Um, one, who who would be against that? Who would be against that potential school? The biggest knock for UCF and USF for the ACC in my mind is Miami and Florida State are going to fight that to the death. They do not want those two schools in their area. I don't think Georgia Tech would be too plus by it either. So I that that to me gets rid of those two options. You have the Texas schools, which no one's really going to say no. It opens up Texas. Um, you've got Cincinnati, which doesn't isn't in anyone's backyard right now, other than maybe Pitt or Louisville, maybe. But I think they would get over it quick. Um, also, Pitt and Louisville, I don't think carry enough water in terms of sway in conference decisions. Now, I guess the the thing you got to be careful about. I know Pitt is a popular name that comes up in Big Ten expansion. Yeah, that. You don't want to lose any. You don't want to lose any. Yeah, you don't want to be a conference that starts getting picked off. You lost off. Maryland in the ACC. You don't want to have another thing like that. Yeah, that's when Louisville ended up coming in. But um, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know how happy Maryland is in the Big Ten. Maybe that's one of those things where if you're the ACC, you talk about it, and you're like, hey, we'll swap Maryland for Pitt. I don't know. But I, I don't. I mean, that's the Big Ten's D.C. market. They're probably not eager for them to go back out the door or anything. They might do what it takes. I will say this, right? I miss. I miss. brings more money. Yeah, it does. I miss the old 
conferences. I miss the conferences as much as Virginia Tech has had success in the ACC. I miss when it was the Big East. I miss those days, the ACC. It was more geographical. It, everything made more sense. I miss those days. Now, those days are gone, and there's no going back. So, I don't miss the Big East, I guess. I don't mind yeah. it. I didn't mind it. You had some goofball schools that you played and beat the pee out of, but you had Miami, who was good. Syracuse, Donovan McNabb was at Syracuse back in those days. They were good then. Um, yeah, I just I didn't mind it. And you look now, and it's just, it is monopolized, and it's only going to get worse. Now, Jay Bill is saying what he did today about the ACC and the SEC should merge and form like a 32-team conference or a 31-team conference. I don't, at that point, I don't understand what you're doing. Because then you're basically saying, okay, this is one, let's have another 30-team conference, and then that's it. Because you can't have much more than that and realistically be able to do anything. And at that point also, you're not in a conference. You're in a league. It's a separate college league. Yeah, It's just too many teams. It's too many teams. It's too much. And and the TV deals, you know why that will never happen? The same thing Leland and I have been talking about that drives all these decisions. Money. Because there's a certain point where you're just... ESPN and Fox Sports and NBC and CBS, they only have so much money. And at a certain point, the money gets diluted when you add schools. Yeah. Like, what is the money difference between adding? Because even, even one of my more immediate scares, more than the 30, is the 20. Is the SEC done with just getting Texas and Oklahoma? Or are they trying to get, you know, four more and you have 20 teams? Like, what are they trying to do? And that's what scares me because – I, I think your point comes right back there is what's the money difference really between 16 and 20 teams? How much bigger is that media rights deal just with those additional teams? You have to get the perfect additional four schools for that to make sense for you. If you're the SEC, you're going to have to go into the big 10 and get their top dogs. I'm talking Ohio state, Michigan. You're going to have to swing out somebody from, you're going to have to get teams out of the ACC like, like Clemson, maybe like a Florida state. I know they're down in football right now, but that's still a brand. I like, and that's Florida. See, I think Miami would make more sense if you're looking for a brand. but Well, I, something like that. You're going to have to talk the biggest brands of the biggest conferences that you think are somewhat safe right now if you're going to go to 20 for your SEC. And I guess I'm just not confident enough that the SEC isn't greedy enough for that. And it, and if even if it's, you know, how much better is the money between 16 and 20, I, they might have enough people involved that are like, hey, let's find out. Like, <laughs> let's, you know... It's more money either way. Even if it starts to dilute it, we'll like let's find out. Twenty isn't great. Like I could, I wouldn't shock me. I would say at a certain point, then I think you're gonna have a backlash. I I think at that point you run the risk of this, and this would be the worst thing of all: the government getting involved. I think at a certain point they would come in and say, "No, no, this is too much." So who from the SEC shows up and doesn't know how to speak English? Like who's who's that? Who's the Sammy Sosa of this, you know, Senate hearing? Uh, I, I think they know how to. <laughs> well, I think they speak a form of English. It's just not an educated form of English. But the answer is Ed Ogeron at LSU. That's the guy that shows up there. <laughs> but I just, I, I, I think sixteen is going to be where they have to cap because at a certain, like I said, at a certain point, ESPN only has so much money. They're not gonna. They're gonna look at the SEC and be like, 
okay, well, we can only put so many of these games on at a time. And so it really doesn't behoove us to be paying you a billion dollars for a TV deal when there's going to be four marquee matchups in a Saturday and we can only put two of them on. Yeah. I it's there's a TikTok uh, viral TikTok thing going out there that they keep making and it's like they're like okay that's good that's good that's enough no more that's too that's too many that's too many slices like if I could make a TikTok that's what I would do right now with SEC like okay Oklahoma and Texas okay okay and then it's just getting too much with all these other rumors but I like I said, here's the other like thing said, keep it the same Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC that's cool. I will not have to worry about Oklahoma and Texas backing their way into a playoff anymore. They will not, not win the SEC for a long time. Oklahoma will get absolutely stomped. They better hope they play in pods because the only way they get into an SEC championship game is if they end up in their little West pod with Texas A&M, Texas, and LSU, which I'm still not sure they could win. And then they played like the North, which is Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Missouri. Or the East. The East sucks. You you know what the pod you don't want to play and is really unfair in this pod that Ox drew up? Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Florida. Good God. Yes. <laughs> the winner of the that pod wins pod. the SEC. Because whoever yes. comes out of that is going to smoke either South Carolina, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, or Kentucky. Or Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Missouri, Arkansas, or Oklahoma, Texas A&M, LSU, or Texas. See, my idea there was like switch Georgia and South Carolina. So you throw Georgia over in the east and then have South Carolina there with the rest of powerhouses. That's about the only geographically thing that that that. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? You, you could argue that one. Woof, though. I mean, just yeah. looking at it. Of all the quads, I mean, there's four quads in all four conferences, 16 different quads. That quad, as soon as I looked at it, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, every every quad, in-quad game is primetime ABC. <laughs> now, uh, let's look at the ACC, right? Now, he does have West Virginia in, which Leland and I agree, never going to happen. I, I never – okay, I didn't say never. I just don't – I don't think it will. I didn't say never. I kept saying we'll see what happens because you, you just I'll don't say know. It. I'll say it. West Virginia fans, you're never getting in, okay? In fact, you you have a better chance of being an independent than you do of joining any of these conferences, in my opinion. Yeah, you play Liberty every year. Yeah, you and Liberty can start a rivalry and whatever. <laughs> that's, the, that's two different worlds. It's the who do I hate more today bowl. And, but in this pod, it's North Carolina, Duke, NC State, or NC State, Wake Forest, which he calls the East, but he might as well call it the North Carolina pod. Um, the South is Clemson, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Miami. The North in this would be Pitt, West Virginia, Syracuse, Boston College. And the West would be Louisville, UVA, Virginia Tech, and Notre Dame. I think you substitute West Virginia for Cincinnati, and that's what you have in the ACC. Maybe. I still think you put Cincinnati in that North pod. Uh, honestly, if I'm Virginia Tech, I love that pod. That's a great pod to be in. Louisville, UVA, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to kick the pee out of you until you get rid of Justin Fuente, but once you get a guy in there who can coach, that's a beatable team. Yeah, you can have satisfaction in, in knocking down that fan base every year. That'd be nice. 
Really? You just want to avoid the Clemson pod? Because if we're being honest, I know I've crapped on the Big 12 because they're nobodies and they're propped up by one program that gets a lot of credit. The ACC is truly one football program right now. Maybe North Carolina is getting better. They have a potential to be a second one. But it's really Clemson or bust. Yeah, because we're down. Florida State's down. Miami's hadn't been super, but I just never know with Miami. But yeah, yeah, ACC has not been great. What carries the ACC is the past and other sports help you. You know, the Big 12 has Kansas carrying basketball. That's about it. We have Duke and North Carolina. Uh, Did you miss the national championship game? Yeah, Baylor was good this year. Baylor's been good for a while. Yeah, Villanova's been good. And it hasn't... Like, basketball produces some different national champions. It produced UVA two years ago. Like, bas- college basketball produced different national champion. Like, it's the who's best in March. So... I it, think Oklahoma produces- basketball is better than Oklahoma football right now. I mean, I... Maybe. Still a football school. Virginia Tech is technically still a football school, too. It doesn't mean their football team's better than their basketball team. Again, Oklahoma is just a, a bigger brand than what we are. <laughs> like, we're still a football school. I'm. My point is, in terms of basketball, the Big 12 is really good. That's not where I'm going to take a crap on the Big 12. I guess I'm just saying, like, the Blue Bloods of Duke and North Carolina have kind of kept the ACC uh, with a little bit of shine that, like, Everybody always comes back to Duke, North Carolina, even if they're not great and they're both about to go through coaching changes and then bringing in Syracuse and Bayheim and, and Louisville and these teams that like have been good at basketball. I think the basketball's kind of helped, you know, put a wax coat on the ACC and kept people off our backs. But I agree with you that we're a one football team league. I'm not disagreeing with you. But you know what, Leland, this is why the playoff expanding is a good thing for college football because a lot of these power fives have become one team leagues. The big Ten's a one team league. It's Ohio state. Yeah. That's why the college football playoff, the way they've chose to expand it will really actually do that. Yeah. It'll help. I, 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 I don't want to get into it, but that's I, having more teams and those mid range or not mid range with those like second and third best teams in some of these conferences involved in that playoff is really good. Instead of, the conference champion from a eight and four league, but that's fine. Well, well but I think that goes to my previous point of like the nineties when a conference like the big East could get teams in a national championship game because it wasn't all predicated on, well, you know, we know this conference because of everything that they've done. And I, I am not going to think that the nineties of, they just played bowl games and then voted for who, they thought was number one is better the 2000s when they had the bcs and they had the computer rankings i don't think it's better than what we have now either i just think expand these teams a bit and that's good but i, I don't want to get in the playoff argument right now we if oklahoma is not a relevant football team i don't want to argue a different football topic with you right now because i'll <laughs> win so moving on no, to the olympics you just don't, don't concede facts <laughs> Oh, neither do you, though. I mean, we can watch Oklahoma lose to Iowa State, who loses to a Sunbelt team, but the Sunbelt still sucks in your eyes. And that's why you're wrong. That's why you'll always be wrong, because you don't recognize someone if it's not a name brand. 
you're too tied to name brand to know what's actual talent on a football field. But anyway, I... moving on to the Olympics, where name brands are also dying because USA basketball sucks, just like I said they would. They lost to France. Yes, they did. I, I didn't get to watch it because they're playing games with internet TV, so uh, they have it on the Peacock. Not that I was actually wanting to watch it. It just reminds me of my point that these sports in the Olympics where winning the gold medal is not the number one goal in your sport, it just makes me not care about watching them. And, and, that's, and that's my decision as a viewer. I'm not saying, like, they should take them out of the Olympics. It just makes me not really care that much. Because if the players don't care, ultimately, I just don't, I don't find – when there's enough other options out there where swimming for a gold medal means everything to this person and running for a gold medal means everything or rowing a boat, not that I love the rowing, but just, like, these sports where winning the gold medal is the number one thing. That's what I like about the Olympics. That's what I'm drawn to for these two weeks to really watch. And so when you – See this USA basketball where they all much rather have been involved in the finals and and whatnot. Like, and a, winning a gold medal is kind of an afterthought. I just it doesn't make me care as much because it just doesn't seem like they care as much either. And I think seeing this roster and who they've played and lost to in the exhibitions and now this France game, it's it's effort. It's caring. If you cared, you'd listen to what you're supposed to do and play on the same wavelength as the other players around you and. You have more talent than every other team in this tournament. And losing to France only indicates that you're not going to win this tournament, just like the exhibition losses did as well. I, I will say this. I, I agree they have more talent than any other roster, but I think yes. it's different than 92 in the sense that it's not a mile. It's not like they're not a mile ahead. That's true. a different galaxy away. Like France has actual professional basketball players that are good. And, and that showcased when if Team USA and this is what I told uh, someone when we were talking about it this weekend, this USA basketball team, if they have a bad game, can lose. If the other when we have our best of our best, the actual A team on the floor, we don't have our best game. We're still winning that game probably by 10 points. We're only so far, though, from having. I mean have some big names in there i mean kevin durant coming was kind of the thing when i said hey kevin durant's coming you kind of slowed i'm not saying change your mind but you're yeah. just like oh, i'll look at this uh, you know we'll see what but you don't here. have a but, steph curry on the on the floor you don't have a lebron james on the floor you don't have an anthony davis on the floor these are all players that are better than the guys on the roster yeah who else has bradley beal nba players who el- what other country has 12 nba players on their roster 12 current NBA players on their roster. I, I, don't, I don't notice them unless they're bench players for NBA teams I'm not aware of all across the board for Australia. I'm not seeing it or Argentina or France. I like I, There is a section of their roster that is not current NBA players. I'm not saying they're not talented. They're much better than – I was going to say some <laughs> of them might be better but, than JaVale McGee even if they're not in the NBA though. I, I, if they're not in the NBA – I put current NBA players just as default above non-NBA players. Like, I, like yes. If you want to argue one specific player from another team over one specific player from a USA team, I guess there's room for a discussion. But, like, I think a general statement like that's not insane. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, you saying, oh, well, this guy doesn't play in the NBA. He might but be like, better than JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee sucks. 
or the section of their roster that's not in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, that's my point. So if, if, if we want to argue about the eighth guy from France compared to the last guy on USA, okay, maybe there's – but, like, I just don't see how this team can't be better, and I – they need to do but basketball they need to be the players it takes to, to win. And they have to play together and, and coming together in Vegas two weeks before the tournament. Is it the right approach? And USA basketball needs to adjust that because maybe that worked when we were a mile ahead of everybody. We're not anymore. So adjust it. It's I'm not going to just blame the players. Let's blame the organization of USA basketball that doesn't force this to be better. Now, this is a pandemic year. I understand the playoffs were only so long ago, but this is when they got together isn't different than any other Olympic year. Four years ago, there wasn't a pandemic. They come together two weeks before it. And we've seen the bad product of coming together late and losing us national games back in what 2008 was when we didn't win it last time in 2004 and we've had the FIBA championships with that we haven't won every single one of every single game of so like we need to adjust our approach for that because we still have the best players so if we just adjust our approach to account for people catching up we still should be that much further ahead not that much but still further ahead but basketball is a sport where unlike you know softball or volleyball or these other sports where you can drill a weak link to death and you have to have like a solid roster basketball. If you have three guys who are really good, that can make up for a lot. Basketball can be a star driven sport. Than what they, are. they should be. We have the three best players in the world. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, I don't know. Chris Middleton? I don't know. I know he had a good playoffs, but Chris Middleton's not by default better than Rudy Gobert. I yeah. I think Donovan Mitchell's probably that next best player that I'm I would default throw at. I, we took a little pause there so we could bring up this roster. I, it's still better than every other roster out there. Yeah, but like I said, it's telling me NBA players play in the NBA and then go back to Australia or go back to France and play with each other. Then they're tied up with the same professional restrictions that our American players are. So what's the difference? We need to close the gap on that difference. If it's having the same group of guys kind of locked in, hey, you're in this for three years. When you're not playing with your other team, we're going to have this session and this session. We're going to play in this tournament. And then you're going to come back the next year and you're playing it again like it seems like we're always selecting the team a week before the game goes or before it's time to go to the Olympics. And I know we lost players this year, pandemic reasons. Seeing that list of names still doesn't knock me off my feet that we're missing LeBron James. He wasn't already coming. Like, I just, we're better. We have more talent than these other countries collectively, even on this roster, even seeing some of the names on here that I didn't quite know were the 12th man on the roster. I still think we have a better roster than all these teams. So we need to make the adjustments to the logistics surrounding USA basketball to be the leaders in basketball once again, because there's no reason we shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, we're losing everything. We're losing to Nigeria. We're losing our first group play to France. Like, it's not like we just lost a gold game by two points and we're saying blow up the system. I'm saying things are majorly different than they used to be. Let's make some different changes. I'll say the 11 and a half point spread betting against that was the easiest money I've ever made. Easiest money I've ever made. I didn't think we would lose to France, but I knew we weren't going to beat them by 12. This team's just not good enough for that. 
why do they have this three on three basketball? And why aren't there NBA players playing that? I think some countries do have NBA players. We don't. Why don't we? Or get like three good college players. Like I was watching it. I mean, I don't even, I don't, I'm not going to tune in again. Because Did we qualify looks- for that? We might not have qualified for three by three. I don't know. I know our women. I, our, I know we have a women's I saw team. Our women playing. It looks like my driveway out there. I, I just, it seems so unkept. It seems so backyard. It's like they went for that feel, and it just makes it feel less to me. It makes me feel less official. It makes me feel like it's not a real thing. I, they're getting too fancy. Like it's skateboarding basketball is what it feels like when you're watching it on the TV. Well, speaking of skateboarding, can we get rid of that? I don't care. About I just don't that. care. I just don't care. If it's I don't not, know what they're bigger. I don't know like if they care more about a X Games medal than a Olympic medal. I don't know the answer to that. But I don't watch the X Games either, so I don't. I just don't. I care. say if it's not something like I think the X Games has one thing where it's just see how high they can jump. Make that the Olympic sport because I'll watch that just for the aftermath. But huh. I, I'm not interested in watching you know double fake Nas twists or whatever. I I I. It was on, and I was looking for Olympic Sports Live at, like, 2 in the morning on the weekend. And it was on, and I listened to, like, five minutes of that commentary where I'm hearing, like, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you pulled a double twist, fakey nose grind. And I was just like, you know what? No. I got irritated today with a tweet with a little clip from skateboarding where the guy completely ate it and didn't and he's just like giggling that he that he failed and it just like it just reminded me like i, I don't know i would at least want to see a little i'm not saying you have to like you know throw your skateboard or crack your skateboard over your knee like bo jackson style which would be kind of awesome but uh like i'm not saying i need that but just like not be immediately giggling like oh i messed up and now i don't win any gold medal you know like i i want the athletes to care a little bit for me to care and and that's not the only sport like i sometimes see that like i don't even know what that basketball game is with the hoop in the middle with no backboard i don't know what that is but it just seems like recess blacktop fun i have a question and anything with a horse get it out of here no come on get rid of the sport because i don't like it but the horse ones may like it's the only sport in either olympics that i know involve another living being other than that's not a human that's not a teammate of, of equal stature of uh, like who's the best horse trainer is that what dressage is like where dressage. You, you just trained your horse the best to hop around and skip like i could i could really do without the horse stuff i don't watch you're it. trying to get I'm rid not... of the only olympic sport that has true equality leland it's the only one that isn't separated by gender i didn't even know that because i never stay on and if you watch dressage you would know I'm that i'm not gonna i really don't care well, about leland hates equality you heard it here I first got horses in my backyard, right to the left of my, with my neighbor's backyard, I can see horses do just about the same thing right over there. That's fine. You literally will not see them do the same thing, but okay. I could give a crap what those horses are doing. You I heard don't it here, understand folks. why we have an Olympic event where we're riding a horse. Why not have a dog show then? Leland hates equality. You heard it here, folks. And just get rid of the humans. Let's just let the dogs race on their own. Send a little uh, rabbit around. PETA Let's make has this a problem Nitro with dog West racing. Virginia in the Olympics. Let's do this. PETA has a thing against dog racing. It's why it's very, you have to go to like one place in America to find it. But interesting take for you hating equality. I didn't think we'd get there tonight. But um, yeah, that's clearly what I was going for. That's what the I heard. The fact that I wasn't even aware of. <laughs> 
is exactly it. If, if, if everybody had to ride the same horse, that would seem like equal standing. But no, whoever trained you know, the best. You know, because I was watching it, they said they used to do that, but then they changed it. Um, it just seems like that one in particular was, ooh, we have all these Olympic sports, and someone with money was like, you know, my daughter is really good on this horse. I want, it to be, I want her to win a gold medal. And people were like, why would we do that? She's on a horse. It's not really about her athleticism. It's about how you know good a trainer she is. No, my money says this will be an Olympic sport, and then it worked. So I, that's what it seems like to me. Well, you're just not cultured. Um, I'm hoping you've been able to watch gymnastics. I haven't been able to because it's been on during baseball. Yeah, it was on a bit last night. They had the qualify on Sunday night. They had the qualifying. Simone wasn't quite on the top of her game still finishes first easily they still like misjudge her awesomeness because she's so much better than everybody else they kind of try to keep it within range uh which is ridiculous um they tuesday night thursday night that's the prime time for uh the gymnastics coming up for the for the women there and i'm looking forward to it i i not a whole lot to report right now just Simone, not on her best game the fourth girl from gymnastics isn't even going to get to do any more events she didn't get through qualifications to where she can perform in an individual event. So that stinks for her. They just keep cutting down how many uh, people you can have on your gymnastics team. And and I think it's just helping Simone set herself a mile ahead of everybody. Because I think if you just had, and I don't know if any countries really have this, but if you had one that was really good at the, you know, uh, balance beam, like you might have a better shot of knocking Simone off then. But I I don't know. You got to, when you're worrying about a whole team and how many take and the numbers shrink and i think it affects that now see if you had used this point on me on dressage i wouldn't have had anything the sports that are hard for me to get into are the ones that are judged i and i watch gymnastics but i it's hard for me because i'm like this is judged this is there's a human element that is messing with this yes i have the same problem with ice skating yeah um I don't know what the solution for that is, so I accept yeah, it. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, because it. I don't think there's any way around it. I think you're right. There's no way around it. But it's it, it's the part of me that, like, when I watch something, because there will be times where I'm like, I think that person had a better performance, but this person I, is more famous, or this judge has it out for this person and or this country. seems good with gymnastics now, there's a pretty good science to the scoring and what's like they're expected. And if they perform that well, that like it, it, it takes that human, it minimizes it. It's still there, not gone, but it does minimize it to where the commentators have a pretty darn good idea what that score is going to be when it comes out. But in something like gymnastics, you can really be split by tenths of points. So even just one, one tenth of a point being different than maybe you expect it to be, and that can do it. And that's the human element, but they have, they have, narrowed it down to where it's not going to be three full points off from what you think it's going to be. But in gymnastics, it can still come up. The good thing for Simone is she is five points better than everybody. So like mm-hmm. those tens of points really won't affect her. But at some point, Simone won't be what we have and we'll be closer back. I mean, she's, she's the 92 dream team. Like she is that much better. And I know yeah. people always say, well, prisoner of the moment. You always think what you're seeing now is about Simone is the best. She is she is the best. There is no argument. No one in the world argues that Simone is the best ever at this. And so at some point we'll have that in the score and a factor more, but it's the good thing about America. Like we have her, she's going to help us win a team match. She's going to win the individual or, or shock the world that she doesn't. She's already done it. She's already accomplished 
more than you can expect out of one of these young ladies. And so it's already a great story, but she's on pace to do it again. And, and I'm looking forward to watching it. My, and I'm, my kids are into it and it's fun. Yeah. And, and the other one that I would say that about is Katie Ledecky. I know she didn't win gold in the one race uh, the other 100, night. But she ran the best race she had. In Michael Phelps didn't win gold in every race he was in either. And I, I'm telling you, Katie Ledecky is a dominant force. I watched her run the heats in the 1500 this morning before I went to work. And she is like half a pool ahead of these yeah. people and the setting best. Olympic records in a heat. Yeah. And you're just like, all right. Like, and the commentator says, look, I know there's going to be people that tell me, you know, oh, what about Michael Phelps or what about this person? And she goes, I'm telling you, Katie Ledecky is the best swimmer in the history of the sport. So dominant. Now, She's if, great. She's now it, technically, yes, if Katie Ledecky and Michael Phelps raced, Michael Phelps would win. But Katie Ledecky is dominating her individual competitions in a way that Michael Phelps, as good as he was, wasn't dominating them to that extent. Yeah, they always had this. There was countless, I'm not countless, but so many different where he's barely winning. He wins it, but he won. And, and that's that was the, the greatness of Michael Phelps is that when it was close, he still found a way to win and he pushed or it was the relay team he was involved with that got it like that. That is what Michael Phelps was. Kayla Decky, her story has been her dominant. I mean, it's it's her mile ahead like Simone. And, and it's it's cool that I'm glad my kids, at least my oldest, will have a lot of awareness of these greatest of all times in these sports. And, you know, I hope for their sake somebody comes along and even beats this. I would be shocked since we went 30 years without it happening, uh, being at this level. But maybe it does. And so, like, it'll it'll be fun for them to watch going forward. We get really excited about the Olympics in our house. So it, it's it's fun. And, they, and they've got and they've bought into it. I really like it. Uh, it what I would say against that. I think you're right. It's it's ridiculous to say it'll never be beat, but at a Maybe certain point, like the human body does have physical limitations, and so like if they're not gonna like start taking some rules off of what you can use Maybe to like enhance Michael yourself, toes like or like a little bit webbed or something. Like there's just physical limitations. So yeah. unless yeah, unless I don't know, you start creating mutant swimmers or <laughs> letting people be able to use certain. Drugs I do think or chemicals. Though, like Michael like, Phelps does have something where his toes like are a little bit webbed, and like that helps. But it's natural for him. And then plus the the lottery winning of having somebody that has a little bit of that going on, and then has the physique and the training ability and the mental it takes to like all that paired together. I mean, that's what makes him him. I'm not taking anything away. It was it, not trying to say that, but like you got to have the perfect situation to be one of these greatest of all times, and we've seen a couple. Yeah. Let's talk about what you don't like about the Olympics, Leland, other than dressage. I already talked about most of these. Anything with a horse, the three-by-three three basketball, the softball field. What are we doing? They're playing on the baseball field the week ahead of baseball, and so the bases are just 60 foot down the 90-foot path, and they're sliding in all turf. Like, just build a softball field. You're hosting the Olympics. You built a stadium for fencing. Let's build a stadium for softball. And like Japan has don't softball. don't attack fencing. I like fencing. I, I they also have it. I'm not taking their stadium away. I'm saying put softball in its own stadium. It doesn't even have to be a brand new one. I know you have softball stadiums, Japan. Yeah, just put them in do. one up the road and and play. And so it looks like a field that's built for these superior athletes to play the game on. Like what are we doing? 
I absolutely offended at that. Um, I think America should demand better out of France in the next Olympics. And I know America will be better in eight years when we host it. So like that. Uh, I want to switch, come back to the Peacock. I don't, I didn't like it last fall. And what we will see again with the ACC network playing games with viewers about games in the fall football season, NBC is now doing it for their Peacock web app. They've done it previously with your European soccer Mm -hmm. and you didn't like it then. And I don't like it now for these Olympics that they throw all the USA basketball games are on the Peacock network where you can't see them unless you pay that additional money for that Peacock app. And I think that's against what NBC has done this entire contract for the hosting the Olympics on their channels, which they've done a great job. I don't like this. And I, I think it's messed up. And I know they're not throwing the gymnastics on it, which is one of their highest rated things. But as much as you and I aren't going to sit down and watch an Olympic basketball because. Oh, well, we I don't. have Peacock. If you have Comcast, you have Peacock. Did you cut it on? Did you watch that? I did. I watched the end of it, yeah. Watched the fourth quarter. I I wouldn't have cut it on if it was on NBC anyway, but I know there's other people that will, and I don't like them playing games with it. Don't hide it behind a paywall when it's something like this. Well, I got news for you, buddy. NFL's coming. NFL's going to be behind the Amazon Prime wall here soon for some games. Like, these leagues, like it. this goes back to our college football discussion. Guess what, people? They don't care about the love of the game. They'll double bird you while you sit there and talk to them about it. It's about dollars. Olympics are about dollars. FIFA's about dollars. NFL's about dollars. Major League Baseball's about dollars. NBA's about dollars. These streaming networks are trying to get involved in live sports because it's the it one thing. It better be an thing. ad-free experience then. Are you kidding? The NFL so is not going to be ad-free. <laughs> the NFL is not going to be ad-free. I know it isn't. That's why it's ridiculous. And I, I just, I hate them playing the games. I just put it all on Peacock then, NBC. Just put it all on there. If you put any of it, put it all on there. Don't, NFL, don't tempt them. If you them. want to put it a game on, on Amazon, put it all on Amazon. Don't tempt them. NBA Finals ended. I was rooting for the Suns. I'll, I'll say it. I was rooting for the Suns. I said it on the podcast. It didn't bother me to watch Giannis have that moment. Like, it, it was nice for him. He has a good backstory. He seems like a nice uh, player, um, a nice person as a player. I like the way he plays. He's an exciting player to watch. I know people knock on him about you need to have Middleton there so that someone can knock down the game on a shot. Yeah, he's a big man, and he's he's not Mr. Shoot the Three to win the game. But he, he came up big at the end of those last four games. He was big, and he was scoring a lot of points, and he made his team a winner. And I, I saw people during the game saying, you know, the Giannis scoring 50 to win isn't really a way to, for them to win. Well, it was. And, and they, as much hate as was thrown the Bucks' way, and I might even said some of it, they proved it wrong, and good for them. I'll give them the credit. And I, it, I was happy for Giannis. I think he deserves it. He's a good player. He's an MVP winner. I, I, I had satisfaction watching him win. So, I'll give him his credit. Yeah. I don't have anything much to add. I mean, I, I did watch the end of that last NBA Finals game, and, you know, it was because there was, you know, a little financial investment on the line, and it came through. But <laughs> it was it was nice to see Milwaukee win, and that, that moment was, I will say, better than when the big super teams win it because – they weren't necessarily expected to win the NBA Finals. So you got to see, like, pure joy. 
pure joy in a sense that like when it's somebody who's done it before, and this isn't a knock on LeBron, like LeBron is so good that he expects to win NBA finals. So he, it doesn't hit him like it hit Giannis with his first. That's not saying shame on LeBron for not being as excited for his fourth NBA championship as so his first. So your NBA commentary here doesn't revolve around LeBron. Cause that's, <laughs> it does, but um, it's just, I, I, I thought that was cool when it happened. Cause yeah. I was like, that's nice to see. Like, and I don't think we would have seen that if Brooklyn won. It's, it wasn't, I like when it's not relief. I like when it's joy and not, mm-hmm. huh, we survived the pressure of, that was put on us, expected to win. I'm not saying I have never taken joy out of a favorite winning. I, I, I have. I, I have generally rooted for LeBron until he became a Laker. I Just honestly, I have. I rooted for the Bulls back then. They were the favorite. I rooted for them. I'm not always just on the on that side, but I can find joy in the favorite winning. But it was nice to see this guy win one and have that joy and not the monkey, you know, not the Steve Young monkey on his back situation. It was, it was nice. All right, Leland, let's talk about ourselves selfishly. What is dominating (laughs) my life? Someone on Twitter. Well, actually it was Justin Fuente who said it. And then it got picked up on Twitter and it was like, well, he's not wrong. Justin Fuente said Virginia Tech football is the number one sports brand in Virginia. And I, I'm not sure that he's right. I mean, it includes pro teams, right? If it includes pro teams, he's dead wrong. Yeah, if, I, I'm, I'm easily the Washington football team is a bigger brand. If, in, if in the Virginia. team has to be located in Virginia, Their business I still are. think he's wrong. Look, I don't like UVA. UVA basketball is a pity, pity, pretty big brand is the words I'm trying to say. Uh, what's Virginia Tech's football brand right now that they choke? I don't know if that's a good brand. Sometimes your brand's not good. I, I guess maybe. I'm not really going to agree with Fuente because I think even the Washington Nationals might have a bigger but I'm saying if the team Brand has to be located in the state of Virginia, I still think he's wrong. I I think brand, I think, is a longer-term word than I feel like we've discussed tonight in our disagreements about talking about teams' brands. And I think Virginia Tech has rose up a lot, and it's, it's probably – right there with UVA, I would say, as an overall brand because of being in the ACC. I think being in the ACC is what made the difference. I don't think it's cut and dry. Virginia Tech is the biggest brand. Is the best, is the biggest brand. I, I don't think that's just an obvious statement to make. And if it has to be a team located in Virginia, then Virginia is the only one we're talking about. And Virginia, you know, has long-term success in their basketball program and their football program has had years where they have been very competitive but they but i think he specified vt football i think he said vt football not virginia tech virginia tech football i think virginia tech football is a bigger brand than uva football like on a national scale i think that's why you yeah but i'm saying uva basketball is a bigger brand that uva say that again you're you're misunderstanding i'm not saying uva football is a bigger brand uva football is not a bigger brand I'm saying UVA so basketball big... is a bigger brand than Virginia Tech football. Uh, okay. All right. 
Well, I guess the premise of the question I've messed up. So, yeah, I. UVA basketball has been relevant for a while now. Plus in the 80s that they had their yes. high. So, like, it's not like they're coming from zero. And Virginia Tech really got built in the late in the late 90s, 90s, into the late 90s, early 2000s. That was the peak of Virginia Tech football. And, it and it's not in its time. peak right now. Right now, the brand it's is we're, its peak right the brand is we're not going to win the Coastal. That's the brand. But the brand is more, like, than, like, today you are this good. It's, like, the overall, like – but I still think, yeah, I think UVA still got it. Like, I, I don't think I'm, I think what I'm about to explain doesn't like make me say Virginia Tech is. I think UVA basketball has a better history, has had more recent success, and even the middle ground wasn't terrible enough. And they played in the ACC the whole time, and you had big games with other national brands. Like, I, I, I'm not arguing your point. I, I don't think it's a mile, but I think. It, no, I don't it, think it is either. For, I think it's wrong for Fuente just to assume that's the number one. I, I think Virginia Tech football is the biggest football brand in Virginia. I think that's the most yeah, recognizable uh, on a national scale, and, and that's why the game day crew is on the bus. Like, Kirk Herbstreet, I think, had a couple of drinks, and he's giggling because, wow, Virginia Tech's a lot worse than we ever thought they could be right now. Like, that's why that happens. You know, UVA is kind of the afterthought. Yeah, they're not any good. It's kind of surprising when when all of a sudden they're good. So, like, I do think – the brand and the image of Virginia Tech football for football. Yes, it's the biggest in the state. But no, I, I, I do think UVA basketball has something to say about that brand in the state of Virginia to, to that. Yeah, I, I, agree. And, I agree with your point. And, and so, like, that was my point when I saw that getting picked up on Twitter. Like, oh, Virginia Tech football is the number one sports brand in Virginia. I'm like, if the team has to be located in Virginia, it has a case. I, I still don't think it's true. If but it's, everybody's behind any the pro sport. Yeah, like if you're Washington talking pro sports, team, the Washington football the team's the number one brand in Virginia. Then it's the Washington Everybody's Nationals. Then it's the Washington Capitals before Virginia Tech football because the Capitals have kind of grown a nice, loyal fan base after their recent success with the Alexander Ovechkin stuff. That's been a while. I don't know if I really – like, I'm not jumping on with you there. I'm hesitant to. Um, but pro sports have an upper leg. I mean, upper, I mean, the, uh, pro sports have an upper leg on the on the college teams no matter what. Um, I just think that's, that's the coming down the list of college of the pro teams. Yeah. The, 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 the bullets, the wizards definitely ahead. Now, see, I, that's, I don't know if I would say that. Eh, well, I would put capitals way ahead of the wizards in terms of brands, but I don't know. I'm sure there's numbers behind this, but I don't know who that has those numbers would really care to <laughs> analyze this. <laughs> but again, for like Virginia tech football, I mean, I just think the brand is Justin Fuente in his own words said, we're not good enough to compete with Duke football right now. That's your brand. Your brand is you're a loser. That's the brand UVA's brand. They won a national championship. Not so long ago. They're in fine. They're well, they've been to a final four or two final fours. One, one. They've been very competitive in NCAA basketball for a. But yes, year. they're they're a and top they five history. team more years than not. They have Ralph Sampson, like they they have a book, you know, and we're in the bad chapters of Virginia Tech brand right now for football. I we can't argue that we're on a downward swoop. I hope it can get corrected soon enough. That's what I'm worried that won't happen. Just like you are. I just think we have, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I keep coming, trying to come up with a way to argue with you. I don't. I think UVA basketball and Virginia Tech are the two football. UVA basketball, Virginia Tech football are the two most. And it, I don't think it's clear that Virginia Tech's ahead of the other one. And I think it's a lot easier to make the argument for the other one. I agree. But they're close. They're close, but again. But he shouldn't be saying that. Why is it? Why is that word coming? Like, why he needs to worry about the quarterback being worth a crap this year? Then, like in that in that press conference, you're you're the way to forge your brand is to be good, and you're not that. So don't worry about what the biggest brand is and and saying it out loud. You know why UVA is probably a bigger brand? UVA basketball is a bigger brand? Because Tony Bennett doesn't have to sit there and say it. He knows he's competing with Duke on Saturday night and the ESPN game day is coming in. And Justin Fuente has no chance of ESPN game day coming to town this season. So just that's not unless, yeah, Clemson or Notre Dame was coming. Yeah. Yeah. The last few times they've been there hasn't been because Virginia Tech. It's been because the team we're playing. Yeah. Clemson and Notre Dame are in town. Yeah. Did they come for Notre Dame? I know they came for Clemson. Yeah, they came for Notre Dame. It hurt. Yeah. I was there. I wasn't at game day, but I was at the games. But that's still sad. I can't remember that that was the case. All right. What's dominating my life? Uh, Moving to cooking. I got a Blackstone grill like three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And for anybody out there, I know there's a lot of like, cool new grill things and you can get the the green egg and you can get the slow cookers and all that. I really recommend for something that's just different than your normal old, you know, charcoal grill. I love this Blackstone. I love it during the summer because you it's, you can cook the vegetables coming off the garden on that thing. We could have zucchini all the time. Um, you can cook everything on there and, and you can still cook your burgers and your steaks. And I, I just love the versatility of this, of this cooking device. I use it a lot more than I ever use my traditional grill because you can just cook that many more different foods on it. I'm not saying there's not some foods you might, you might want a hamburger with grill marks on it. You're not going to get that from this, but having a little charcoal grill off the side, not a problem, but that I love the Blackstone, And where I really, really love it is breakfast. You cook eggs right on that thing. You cook pancakes, French toast, all sorts of stuff. So if you are one of those guys out there looking for just a little bit of, different cooking in the backyard guys or girls. I'm not, not just for the fellas. Um, I recommend the Blackstone or equivalent, the flat top griddle uh, grill in the backyard. Cause you can just, it's so versatile. You can do anything with it and it's easy to keep up. If you have any sense of hand, how to handle a griddle. And uh, it's just a lot of, a lot of fun stuff happening on that thing. So I just, that's, what's been dominating my life. We've been cooking outside as much as we can lately and the kids are playing or it's just me getting outside while the kids are inside yelling. And, uh, yeah, I just really recommend that grill, and it's it's a lot of fun. Maybe this is a question for Off Air, but is there a sponsorship you're not telling me about? or No, no, I just said Blackstone or equivalent. I, I said – Oh, I didn't hear the or equivalent. I heard Blackstone, and I you dropped the Blackstone name. Have, you, know, you talked about all the different things you can do on well. the Blackstone grill. And I was like, wow, it kind of sounds like Blackstone grill maybe gave Leland a little cut here. Just because I'm going to tag them in this podcast and make sure they hear it I, is, is a different thing. But, uh, no, it's – I Did I we sign our first sponsor? Like When you watch online and there's people talking about cooking, it's cooking on the Blackstone. You know, like that's, that's – <laughs> it's like the green egg. And that so that's, that's what They're not going to like you saying green egg unless you're like green egg is child's play. Get a Blackstone. I, 
it's a different type of cooking. I mean, that's that's a different that's a different beast. Wow. You get these guys on TikTok that have like a slow cooker, the green like they have like four different grills in this little area. You know, like these these guys that spend their all their money on that. It's something. I I have uh, enough money for one cooking appliance outside. <laughs> And that's why you made it a Blackstone. Buy your Blackstone wherever you can get grills. Um, Walmart. <laughs> uh, I just hope Leland cuts me in on this deal. But uh, I'll make you a hamburger. What I know that you need to know. Uh, I'm going to want some financial. Uh, what I know that you need to know is. We're going to put mayonnaise on it. Gross. I'd rather die. <laughs> um, speaking of rather die. I. I don't like Charlie Pluth's music. And I know that makes me in a minority here because he's popular. He's a I'm popular here. artist. He makes a lot of money. But I've I've they're listened Oklahoma, to so, I don't think I've heard a single song that I care for. And that's okay. Like it's okay that other people like his music and you know what? Good for them. But I I just can't get over like the number of times I hear his song, like he's got that one um, that he's collaborated with somebody else now, and I can't remember her name, but I'm, I'm not going to help you. Uh, Hope he cheats or she cheats. That oh, song that is so yeah, annoying, so annoying of a song. But then I learned today that he's got the one because there was another song that I had hated for a long time and I just didn't know who sang it. And then today on the radio, they're like, oh, it's by Charlie Bluth. And I was like, that makes sense. But it's the one that is uh, one phone call, one call away. And that the line where he says, so the line that like drives me crazy. And again, this is probably something that shouldn't bother me as much as it does, but we've already crossed that bridge. When he's like, Superman's got nothing on me. You know what? Bet, Charlie Pluth. Why don't you say that to Superman's face? And when his laser beams are coming out of his eyes and melting where your face used to be, we'll see who's got nothing. So do you not like any music where an artist says a radical statement about a fictional character? I just don't like it when it's also not a good song. Because <laughs> there's an entire, you know, hip-hop and rap genre that exaggerates their awesomeness yeah but and... <laughs> that some of that's funny like some of that they say in a funny way like the lyric or the verse is funny that's not funny like hey if you need me i'm a phone call away superman's got nothing on me like all right whatever and he doesn't even say me he says meh because he's got to rhyme it i don't know if you're looking for an argument here i don't got one for you i don't i don't really i don't like much pop music we end up listening to it for the kids uh, uh. and they like some of it we try to show them as much oldies music as we can. And I mean like 70s, 60s, 70s is what we try to push towards as much as we can. Yeah, Billy Joel's uh, pretty And then we'll, good. we'll show them our stuff. They they really haven't taken anything from our time. I tried to play a Nelly song for my oldest, and she just wasn't digging That's it. That's probably not a good idea. Um, <laughs> it was edited. Billy Joel. Billy Joel's good. Elton John's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got uh, Benny the Jet in the pool where we swim at – at some family, uh, there's the jet in the corner of the pool, and it's Benny the Jet. I'll also say this while we're talking about popular artists that I don't like. Bruce Springsteen, not that good. Yeah, we had this the other day. He's just like, like the generation older than us was really into him. And Neil and Diamond. I, I just not. 
not for me. That Sweet Caroline song, it's heard at every single baseball game ever. Don't yeah, need Bruce it. Bruce Brainstein doesn't sing that, so that's special. Yeah, but I'm saying Neil so Diamond. Neil oh, Diamond's another Neil one. I missed you saying Neil Diamond. Sorry. Yeah. Don't I, I could care less. I've had a lot of history of singing Sweet Caroline loudly at Braves games. It was kind of a thing there, but uh, I. I, that one doesn't bug me, but I'm not some kind of Neil Diamond fan. I just took to an opportunity of yelling that, and it worked. We'd always Braves would always score runs after. I we think that. I think that is up there with the wave on stuff that just is overdone, and the wave should actually be outlawed. I mean, the wave is significantly more done than the than Sweet Carolina is. I don't know, not at baseball games, but um. Yeah, if you do the wave, just know that I hate you. And, I, you know, sometimes I say things like, oh, I hate that, and I don't really mean it. I, I do mean this. If you do the wave at a sporting event, I hate you because you're not paying attention to what is probably a good game going on in front of you. You're more focused on some sideshow that is distracting to the other people who are actually there watching the game and trying to enjoy the game. The only times I had negative feelings about the wave – prior to knowing you, which I don't really argue with your points that are made because it, it's stupid, um, was when it would be done when the game was still like a contest. Like That's the thing. Virginia, when I was at Virginia Tech and they're rocking somebody by 40 and an FCS opponent by 40 in the Beamer era and like the wave popped out during the fourth quarter, like I didn't, I, I had no emotion towards it. I was like, okay. But when it was like a couple of years later where the wave became more popular, more of a thing. And it was like a first quarter. Wave. Like there's no, be no, no, no first quarter. Wave. I thought this at the time. I was like, why are we doing like we, it's football time. We gotta be ready to shake our keys. We gotta be able to ready to yell. We don't even be worried about this continual wave going around the stadium. So I, that was my only time I had a negative, but you don't like it ever at all. And I really don't have an argument to that. The person who's trying to start the wave is always the most annoying person in the stadium, by the way, yes. hands down, yeah. hands the down. Stadium. Yeah. Come on, guys, we need to get the wave. No, come on, security. Let's get this B-pole out of here. We do not need him. (laughs) This guy, out. And I tell you what, folks, if you want to help at Lane Stadium this year, with the pandemic being what it is, when that guy is down there saying, let's get the wave, and he's walking, security, he does not have a mask, and he's going section to section where he's not ticketed. Get him out of here. That is saving your country and your fellow fans, and it's doing everyone a service by not allowing the wave to happen. There's only so many of those guys in a stadium trying to start a wave. It's usually the one of the kids in the student section. Every single section in Lane Stadium has the guy that turns his back to the action and starts waving his arms to get everybody up. Turn around, watch the game. Yes. I don't need you to tell the rest of everybody when to cheer. We all know. We're aware of what football yes. is. We're aware that we're making noise. Yes. Don't turn around and tell everybody to get loud. Just shut. The football will take care of that. When we need it loud, it will be loud. We don't need your. I feel kind of the same way about the players on the field when they do that. I'm like, uh, maybe we just focus on coverage. guys have a chance of doing something. (laughs) The guy in the stands, turn around, do your job. Don't tell us how to do our job. Yeah, but with Virginia Tech's current secondary, when their secondary is doing, I'm like, uh, maybe we focus on, you know, assignments here and the guy not running 20 yards down the field and me wanting to punch a wall. If you're on the field waving for the crowd to get up, I'm not going to say anything. Do what it do, do what it takes to get you jacked up. I'm like I'm more accepting control. of them doing the, it than the, the fans. The third string guy standing on the bleacher, on the <laughs> his helmet is 
never near him because he's not going on the field. <laughs> that guy can shut it. Like, the equipment no manager that, waving the towel. <laughs> if you're between the lines and you're and you're motioning up, if that gets you excited to have that, hey, I wove my arm and I hear I can hear the crowd. Like that doesn't bother me. That might give them that extra little bit of juice. Fine, you're actually playing. But yeah, anybody outside of the sidelines, face the game. Don't tell us how to do our job. I agree with we're, you. We're the football stadium in Virginia that knows how to do our job. We, I, we don't need to be reminded. I agree with you. I will say, though, and this is direct contrast to how I feel about that. When it's the guys at the end of the bench in basketball that come up with the crazy three celebrations. Uh, well, like <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Lottery. That's yeah. funny to me. But that's not like directing the crowd. That's 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 in house. That's that's locker room building. That's team. I like that. That's that's not the same thing. That's uh, that's good. No, that's but I guess in the same like vein, like the when it's the equipment manager, like when there's like an interception or something, and the equipment manager's over there with the towel, being like, "Yeah, man, yeah, man," and like waving the towel around. I'm like, "You didn't do anything. Get out of camera shot." Like I don't want to see you. If he's facing the field, fine. If he's facing the other way, stop it. Get a new job. All right. What do you got for us? I don't know. What are we on now? <laughs> oh, the Cleveland. The team in Cleveland that plays baseball, they have changed their name to the Guardians. The Guardians is based on, um, I guess, some old, uh, not wise tales is what I call it, but things they've come up with in Cleveland, and they have these bridges with architecture, structural architectural um, statues there and they call them the guardians and it's meaningful to the area at the guardians uh, at the river there and uh, that's what they changed their name to it doesn't bother me it doesn't people loved i think taking pokes at it is really easy uh on the day it came out and since then it's it's easy to hate everything it's it's easy to just be like this is stupid this is lame what were they going to name it that you thought was awesome and then it's better than what they had, so let's just take it. Let's just take what we get and move on. Let's 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 acknowledge it needed to change, and then not just rip whatever thing you put in front of us to change. I think, I think a point was made that the Cleveland baseball team would be better than this. I I disagree. I think everybody's kind of been snickering at the football team for a year now, and they are gonna change it. And that I think solidifies the point of calling yourself the sport team is not the the best. I, the Guardians is fine. We'll all get used to it. At some point, we'll never think about it again. Yeah, it is it is what it is. I would have preferred Spiders or uh, like Rockers, yeah. something like mm -hmm. that, I think would have been better. But at the end of the day, they picked Guardians. I'm sure they had a reason. Guardians of traffic makes me want to throw myself into traffic. But I'm not. I'm also not a Cleveland sports fan, and so for me, it doesn't matter. If the Cleveland fans like it, at the end of the day, it's all that matters. Because that's who's going to yeah. go support them and all that. And to all the people saying, you know, I know there's a lot of people on social media saying, well, because they changed their name, I'm never going to root for them. Then I'd say you weren't really a fan of the team. Like, I love the Baltimore Orioles. But if the Orioles tomorrow said they're changing their name, it's not going to make me not like the Orioles. Yeah, I, I 100% doesn't bother me. I, especially when you're taking a, a name like the Indians away and, like, that that's the reason you liked it. Like, unless you are... I, I don't know. I, I just doubt like support of Native Americans is what led people to cheer for this baseball team. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, if, that, if that's your argument, then now is the time for you to change. 
but you're going to have a hard time catching on to another team and sticking with it because Atlanta Braves. We're, we're Atlanta yeah. Braves is where you go, but you might have to grasp onto that while you can, or they're going to shift their image. But if you if you are liking the Native American imagery and that's what's drawing you to a yeah. team. Florida State Seminoles will be there a while because that's got the support of that tribe. (laughs) Yeah, that has the support of the tribe, so you'll be okay. I I appreciate Cleveland. I think I thought when they first announced we're going to change this name, I thought they were a little bit ahead of the public outcry. I thought the Washington football team was in the radar and on the target, and they were the ones receiving all the heat, and then – the Cleveland baseball team said, you know what? But I think they knew they were next. Yeah, I think they knew they were next. But they did it on the front side, so that makes me just want to say, okay, this is what you're changing. Good. This is better than what it used to be, no matter how we spin it, no matter if you don't like traffic or not. (laughs) It's it's better than what it used to be, so we'll take it and we're moving forward. Yeah, Um, and and again, I I mean, it goes – I know we've heard similar things around here with the Washington football team, like – Oh, well, I'll never support the Washington football. I've seen a lot of those people wearing Washington football team NFC East champion shirts. So uh, that's the other thing. A lot of these people that say they'll never support them. Winning cures everything. They'll buy a bunch of Garden Guardian stuff if they win as the Guardians. The name is the problem and the culture for the what's been proven to be true up there, admittedly so, isn't your problem. Then your priorities are messed up in life. So, Yeah. Let's get out of here. It was another good podcast here on the Exports Podcast. Always happy to bring you all the sports that you, the Augusta County sports fan, care about. We will continue to do that. And make sure you're subscribed to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify to make sure you catch any episode when it comes out and you don't miss any points that Joe has to make and the arguments of that Leland has against him. And then also make sure your friends are following us there the same or following us on Twitter at the Exports Pod at facebook or twitter or emailing us yaksportspod at gmail if you ever have an idea for the show i I got an idea this weekend i was at a uh a nice family wedding and and was told uh an idea and we're gonna find a way to work it in somehow but uh we're always open to ideas where you know it's shouldn't be met with uh you're not gonna be met with well this why we're not gonna do it we're gonna we're gonna look at how we can use your idea because that's what we're here for we're here for the augusta county sports fan we want to do what's interesting to you and so keep on listening to us. We'll be back next week with another Yak Sports podcast after Joe says something to me. Yeah, just an update for all our listeners that do care about the Valley League. Winchester has swept Woodstock. Look at Woodstock going out. So now we just need Newmarket to get the Strasburg Express out and then just knock out all these, all these top dogs out. Would not hold my breath. Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's get out of here. We'll be back next week with more Yak Sports podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.